And not only do they not believe the same things, but in many cases, there's this hostility towards believers. And I don't want to focus too much on that. But the truth is, is if you've been in a public school or if you've tried to share your faith with some people, it's likely that you might have gotten pushback. And a lot of people probably disagree with you. And a lot of people probably see you maybe as a little bit narrow-minded, maybe a little bit skeptical, maybe a heavy hitter, somebody who just tells the truth and doesn't really have any compassion. And I want to open up to the book of Daniel this week because we believe with everything that we are that in God's word, this week, we can learn what it actually means to live for God in this culture. Some of you might feel like it's impossible. Some of you already feel that way. I remember talking to many students last year as we went through truth. Truth be told, you guys there for that one? What's your guys, you guys, some of you guys there? Awesome. Last year we talked about truth. We talked about what does it mean to actually believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean for us? Do we actually believe that? Many of you, I talked to you last year, many of you believe that, you know that. But the moment you go down the hill, it's like you're surrounded by a sea of people that don't believe the same thing you do. You're taught certain things in your schools that are completely contrary to what you're learning up here. And it almost, and, and then not only that, but you're surrounded by technology and all these different things and they're just pouring into your life and you feel like it's truly impossible to actually live for the Lord with all the distractions, the schedules that you guys have. You wake up in the morning, then you gotta eat breakfast, then you gotta go to school, and then after school, you come home from school, and then you've got sports practice, and then after sports practice, some of you guys work, and then after work, you come home and you have homework. And by that time, it's like 10.30. And so our lives are just filled with so much. And many times it's filled with so much that directly opposes the word of God. And so it's no wonder why so many of us believe it's actually impossible to live for God. And if there's anything, if there's anything that we can learn from the book of Daniel this week... It's that it is possible. It's that you can live for God in this culture. You can submit your life to Jesus Christ and live for him in today's world. You could be in public school. You could be on your sports teams. You could be anywhere, and you could actually live for Christ. Because what we're facing today is this is nothing new. Yes, there's unique challenges with technology, with Instagram, TikTok, social media. We're surrounded by so many. The average American teenager spends seven to eight hours a day on their phone. That's the screen time. That's the average American teenager. That's how much time they spend on their phone. And meanwhile, while all that's going on, we, as we look at the book of Daniel, we can actually know, actually know it. I can live for the Lord. I can pursue him. I can obey him. I can worship him. I can thrive. I can be a resilient believer in Jesus Christ because of what he's done. Would you guys open to Daniel chapter three? If you guys do not have a Bible, you guys can, right after this, you guys can head straight to the back. We'll have Bibles here for you, um, and we want you guys to have a Bible because we're gonna be going through God's word all week. We're gonna be studying it. Um, 
this week, we've got a very special speaker. His name is Eric Tonis, and I'm so excited for you guys to learn from Eric this week. Eric is a professor at Biola, and he studied the Word of God pretty much his entire life. And so here's a challenge for you guys as you guys are flipping open to Daniel 3. If you guys don't know where Daniel 3 is, you can ask a friend. You can look at the front. But here's what I want to challenge you guys with. There's some of you guys that are in this room, and maybe you've been to church before. Maybe you've, your parents are Christians, but you're not really sold on this whole thing. I'd ask, I would ask that you guys would lean in this week, that you guys would focus there's so many distractions, and maybe you came up with friends that want to distract you, and they, they're really just here to have a good time, but I'd ask that you guys would lean in this week. There's going to be some things maybe said that you might not agree with, and there might be things that kind of prick you, and that, man, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on that. I'd still ask, would you consider the things that we're speaking about this week? Would you consider the life of Daniel? Would you consider, as we go through the gospel, what this means and how this is significant for your life. And then there's others of you. There's others of you that maybe you've been to church your whole life, you know the Daniel story. You watch Veggie Tales, the Daniel, the bunny, the chocolate bunny, everybody knows. If you grew up in church watching Veggie Tales. And you probably know what Daniel says. It's a very famous passage, especially the first six chapters, and it talks about Daniel standing up to the Babylonians and and there's all this imagery, and God is saving. But I would encourage you as well to lean in this week. We don't just do this for the students that don't know the Lord, and we don't just do it for the students that do. We pray and hope that every single person in this room, that if you have not been transformed by the love of God, that this week God will get a hold of your heart and transform you. And that if you feel like you know the love of God, you be convicted and challenged to live like Daniel did, with resolve. Daniel 3, verses 14 through 18. Here's what it says. This is our theme verse for the week. And so this verse kind of encapsulates where we're going to be going in the book of Daniel. Here's what it says. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true... O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up. Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I just pray for these students. I pray for maybe the students that don't know you. They've never been here before. Maybe they've never been in a Christian camp. And God, I just pray that you would meet them where they are. And God, the student 
again, that doesn't know you, Lord, that you would transform them, that you would soften their hearts. And God, for the students that, that do know you and think that they know you, God, as we learn about you this week through the book of Daniel, as we learn about Daniel's God, would you challenge and convict us to live more like Daniel did, to be resilient in our walk with you. God, I just pray over these students, I pray over this time. God, I pray over the rest of the night. God, that it would start tonight, the questions, that they would contemplate, that they would think about where their life is before you. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for this evening. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. How many of you guys know somebody who's all talk, who kind of talks the talk but doesn't necessarily walk the walk? Maybe it's somebody who says they're going to beat you in Kajabi this week. Maybe it's somebody who's a Lakers fan or maybe it's somebody who's a Heat fan, right? There are so many people. Maybe you're like, he's sitting right here, all right? There are so many people. Look, this is, this is really all of us if you think about it. All of us struggle with this. All of us struggle actually lining up our life with what we say we believe, right? We have all these opinions and all these beliefs, but then when somebody actually takes a look at your life and actually starts to actually observe your life, you begin to realize, I don't really know if I believe that that person really thinks that way. Many of us as Christians, it's the same thing. Like I said earlier, we might have all these opinions about who the GOAT is or who the best basketball team is or who's going to win Kajabi, whatever it might be. We have all these opinions, we have these, th- we have these thoughts, and we have these convictions, we like to call them in the church. Convictions, these beliefs. But the truth is, is that many times the beliefs that we have are the ones that don't actually matter. Like whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza is not necessarily an important belief to have although it definitely does not belong on pizza, right? And we know this, right? Amen. Um, look, there are so many things that we have opinions about. We have opinions about our favorite fruits, all this crazy stuff. Someone just said mango. <laughs> but the truth is, like I said, we, we don't actually have opinions and convictions about the things that matter the most, about the word of God. And when it comes to actually opening up the word of God, we actually don't know what we actually believe. Are you tired of not really knowing what you believe? You come to a church like this, you you hear the same thing, maybe over and over again, you think you know who God is. And yet sometimes when you open up scripture, and you read a certain section of scripture, or maybe it's Romans 1, or maybe it's the Old Testament, and it starts to kind of prick you, and you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I actually believe this. And the truth is, you guys, you have to believe it. If you're going to be a resilient follower of Jesus, if you're going to go down the hill, and you're going to stand amongst your friends and the people on your sports teams who are going to think that you're narrow-minded, And immediately you kind of conform to their belief system and you're not really, you're a little too scared to stand out for what you believe. Guys, if we don't actually even know what we believe, if we don't know what this word says, then 
where is that going to lead? Statistically, many, many students, right after they graduate high school and they enter college, a vast majority of them stop attending church, and then shortly thereafter, they stop believing in Christianity and the gospel. And so the question remains, do we actually believe what we say we believe? Because you could come here every single year and you, we could give this spiel and you could stand up and you could say amen and I believe this and then the moment you get down the hill you're surrounded by temptations and you're living the exact same way that you were living before this. Do we actually believe what we believe or we say we believe? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. They were about to be martyred for what they believe. And guess what? That's happening today. It's happening at this very moment. And many of us come up to this camp, and this is a privilege for us to be here. And it's a privilege for us to actually open up God's word. And it's a privilege to actually be able to sing these worship songs that we're going to be singing this week. We're doing recreation. We're doing all these different things. And many times we can't even pay attention for a 30-minute sermon. Do we believe what we say we're going to believe? Daniel did. Many of us struggle with this identity thing, right? This is the second thing I'll say. Many of us struggle with knowing our identities, and we place our identity in so many different things. And in fact, it's kind of a huge topic in our culture right now. What is my identity? We place our identity, again, in things that we should not be placing our identity in. And we're searching for our identity. We're trying to find something that we think we're going to find one day. And it leads to so much anxiety. And it leads to not really knowing who you are. But as we go through the book of Daniel, you want to know something that's crucially important this week that I hope that you take from this week. Is that Daniel knew who he was. And it wasn't because he was looking for who he was. It wasn't because he was trying to figure out, man, what's going on inside? And he was just looking inward and he was saying like, how do I feel today and who am I? Daniel knew who he was because he knew who his God was. And he knew that he was a worshiper, a servant of Yahweh. That was his identity. That was who he was. And God obviously gave him specific gifts. God made him a leader. God gave him resolve. He was able to speak. He was able to negotiate. God made him unique. And he made you unique for a specific purpose. But Daniel knew who he was because he knew Yahweh, because he knew his God And he knew what he believed. He knew what he believed. Daniel and his friends were taken in Babylonian captivity. So basically, Israel, where Daniel's from, Judah, they were captured by the Babylonians and they were taken into exile. And it's kind of like briefly talked about, and Eric's going to talk about this a little bit more in tomorrow's message, but it's briefly talked about Daniel and his friends would have seen everything that around them completely change completely change. All, the, all their tabernacle, everything, the destruction of the temple, their whole entire lives, everything they believed, their religion, their faith, it seemed like it got washed down the drain. And so now they're living with the Chaldeans, these people that educate the nation of Babylon. 
And now they're being educated by the Babylonians. And these Babylonians do not believe in an ounce of what Daniel and his friends believe. And they're trying to teach them the Babylonian way. Not only that, they changed their names. They gave them the completely different names. In the first chapter, it says that they give Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael the names Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they give Daniel the name Belteshazzar. And what's crazy about those names is those aren't just normal names that they just gave them. Those are Babylonian names. Those are names that in those names are Babylonian gods. That their names, not only their names, but they try to change who they worship by giving them these names. One of their names, Azariah, or not Azariah, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, actually Belteshazzar, the name that they gave Daniel means wife of the dragon. A dragon was something that they worshiped. And so all of this is changing. And all of their friends, everyone, they would have seen so much compromise, you guys. They would have seen literally whole groups of people, people that, they, that used to worship the Lord are now completely worshiping a complete different God and that they're living a completely different life. All the relics of their history, gone. So they're standing there. And they don't know what to do. But we see in the book of Daniel, we see through the first six chapters that they were still able to honor the Lord in that scenario. If they were able to worship the Lord in that scenario, what does that mean for you and I? If they were able to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm not even getting close to that line. What does that mean for you and I? We need to know what lines not to cross. And we can't know those things unless we open up God's word, unless God is speaking through his word to us, unless we're actually spending time in it and not just waiting for a moment where we talk for 20 minutes each and every single day or 30 minutes each and every single day, one week out of the year where you're getting all this information from TikTok and all this information from Instagram and your schools and your sports teams and there's all these different influences in your life and we think this one week of camp is gonna offset all of that and it's just not gonna happen. So I hope you develop a love for this this week as well. I hope you develop a deep, deep love for God's word this week as we open it up. But again, you need to know what it actually means to follow the Lord, what it actually means not to cross certain lines. One time I was um, spearfishing. Anybody spearfish out there? One person, awesome. <laughs> well, one time I was spearfishing, and me and my friends, uh, we were in, um, we were in near, kind of near Seal Beach, and we were spearfishing over there, and it was our first time, and we got all this gear, and we were renting all this gear, right? And so we get all the gear, we're getting ready, we're getting suited up, we hop in the ocean. By the way, if you try spearfishing when there's a swell, you're gonna throw up. All three of us threw up like twice, and it was crazy. But we're, we're diving, right? And we're going down to these kelp beds, and we're going, and we're looking at all these different fish, right? And there's this one fish that just wouldn't swim away. <laughs> and we were wondering, like, it was like super easy. All the other fish would just scatter. And it's me and my friends and we're like super stoked and we're like, dang, these fish aren't like swimming away or anything like that. And so we're just slaying these fish. We're getting these fish, we're catching them. And then come to find out of it, this fish is orange, right? Some of you guys already know. This fish is orange and I start to think like, this fish looks familiar. I... Uh, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure we should just be slaying these fish 
by the pound full. And we're just sitting there, right? And we're getting this fish and we're like stoked because we think it's gonna make sushi later on. And, but I realized, I think this might be the Garibaldi, which is the California state fish, which means that each and every single fish that you kill that's a Garibaldi is like a $600 fine. And so we didn't know. I didn't know. I've probably, I, I kind of faintly remember that this orange fish was bad, but I didn't realize that I would have to pay $3,000 in order to make amends with the state of California for me killing these Garibaldi fish. I had zero clue. I, had, I was totally ignorant of the law, but you guys know ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Ignorance of those things. I could have probably talked to the officer or talk to the person that we confessed to, hey, we shot this mini Garibaldi. Some of you guys are like, I would have not confessed. We shot this mini Garibaldi. I probably could have reasoned with them, like, actually, I just didn't know. And actually, I believe it's totally okay for us to do this because we want sushi later. I could start making up these arguments, right? These, plenty of these arguments and think that, man, this is unfair for them to be, to be charging us with this. But at the end of the day, I would still be committing an act against the law. And many of us treat, that, treat the Bible like that. We treat God's word like that. When it's clear as day, when it says, this is a sin, this is wrong, this is, what God, this is how God asks us to live, and we live in this modern age, and we think we can... We think we can debate God. We think we can debate with our pastors and say, well, actually, I don't know if that's actually sin. We come up with these interpretations and all these different arguments, and we think that we're smart, and we think that we're beating the system, but the truth is, is that God is the same. The word of God has always been the same, and we either believe it or we don't. We either trust what it says or we don't. We either obey it and honor it, and hold it up here or we don't. And this week you have the opportunity to lean in again as we study the book of Daniel and learn what it actually means to be a resilient follower of Christ. Last thing I'll say. Daniel lived his entire life in exile. His entire life. It wasn't like Israel got Babylon back and that they were able to reassimilate back into the nation. Daniel lived his entire life in Israel, or not in Israel, in Babylon. His entire life surrounded by ideologies and philosophies and religions that were not his own. And you'll see throughout his entire life, Daniel stayed true to the word. He stayed true to who he was. He stayed true to who his God was and what his God was asking him to do. And many of us, we live in this world today and we think that this is the end all be all. That one day we'll just poof and everything will disappear and we'll just sleep forever. But the truth is one day we will stand before the Lord. Every single one of us. Every single one of us will stand before the Lord and the Bible says we will give an account for what we've done. And later on this week we're gonna talk about the most important news anybody could ever hear, and that is the gospel. If you guys have your Bible, again, open up to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. So flip over a couple, couple chapters. I wasn't going to do this, but I think this is awesome. 
Daniel chapter 7. After the first six chapters, then there's these other chapters where Daniel has these visions. And many times there's these visions that talk about kind of like the end of times and all this stuff. But Daniel chapter 7, verses 13, I think this is amazing because this is really why Hume exists. Here's what it says. Daniel has this vision at night. He says, I saw in the night visions... And behold, the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. God is the Ancient of Days. Throughout the book of Daniel, God remains the same, and he remains the same today. He's the same today as he was yesterday, and at the beginning of time, and he's gonna be the same at the end of time. God never changes, and our world, that sometimes seems like it's on fire, and your households, the households you go back to, where your parents are messing up, where your sisters and siblings, and it's just a mess, and those homes that you go back to, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. When your family situations change, when your friend's situations change, when everything is changing around you, God never changes. It says right there, he's the ancient of days. Before Abraham was, God said, I am. Do you trust that? Do you believe that with your entire being? Do you believe, God, you're the ancient of days? No matter what I'm facing, my friend groups have ousted me. I can no longer play on a sports team because it's too hard to fight the temptations that they're throwing in my face. God is the ancient of days. Some of you are up here, I really don't want to go back home because I know my home life and I know what I'm going back to. God is the ancient of days. You have the Lord who never changes and he sees you and he knows you And Jesus Christ asks, have you built your house on the rock or is it built on the sand? So that when these trials come and these hardships come, are you going to be able to withstand them like Daniel did? Because you believe in me, because you believe in my kingdom, because you believe that what we are experiencing right now has been the same. There's nothing new under the sun. What you're facing has been faced by Daniel. It's been faced by so many others. You don't have to feel like you're alone. Jesus Christ says right before he leaves his disciples, he says, and I will be with you, what? Always, even to the end of the age. You are not alone. You have friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three of them, not standing before or bowing down before the idols because there was three of them and they knew what each other believed and they said, you know what? Together, as a group, we will not bow down. Do you have friends like that? Friends you can lean on. Friends that will shape you. Consider that this week. And again, if you feel like you don't know what you believe, if you feel like you're still confused what the Bible actually says, talk to your youth pastors this week. Talk to your counselors. They want to open up God's word with you. They want to teach you. They want to help you grow and help you learn. There's going to be a series of six videos played in chapel before the speaker gets up here. And each one of those videos, again, is going to display in a creative, kind of funny way what the book of Daniel says. 
And I hope even just in those videos, as you're watching those videos, you'd be asking yourself the question, how do I be a resilient believer in Jesus Christ in this culture? How do I follow him with everything? Lean in this week. Lean in. When we're singing worship, don't just sing songs because we're singing songs. Sing songs because you know and you believe that you're singing to the God of the universe, that you're singing to the God that created the mountains and the oceans and all of this. Sing to him. When you're out on the wreck field and having fun, remember, Christians can be fun. And God is the author of fun. And that you get to enjoy this. And that you get to have fun and compete and do all these amazing things. Remember that. And remember that there's nothing special about Hume Lake. It's not this special sauce that you guys come up and experience. The reason why you feel so close to the Lord the moment you come up here. The reason that's the case is because we're spending time in God's word in the morning and the evening and you're worshiping the Lord and maybe your life should look a little bit more like it should as it does at camp. Maybe we shouldn't pack our schedules so much. By the time we're going to bed, it's 12 o'clock and you have to wake up the next morning and you have to eat your breakfast and you, can't, you don't have time to actually spend with the Lord. Maybe we have to start considering our schedules. Considering what's worth keeping and what's worth taking away. Daniel spent his entire life on his knees praying consistently the same time the doors opened, the window opened so people could see him. He wasn't afraid. Let's be more like Daniel. Let's pray together. And Sarah's gonna come up and kind of tell you guys what's next. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these students and I thank you that they're here. And, and God, I want more than anything for them to know you, to know your word. And God, as Eric comes up and preaches the rest of the week, God, I pray that you would speak through him. And God, I just ask that the students that feel that it is impossible to actually live for you, they feel like they're fighting an uphill battle 24-7 with the temptations that they have on their phones, and the temptations they have at school and around their friends, God, that you would give them the resolve that Daniel had and the ability to stand strong and firm in the midst of those temptations. And for those that feel like they know you, that act however they want and live however they want, Lord, I pray that you would challenge them this week. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> uh, you know those nightmares that you have about like